episode 22 of the Yankees Chambers podcast with Matt LeDuc. I am Joey LaFranco. We're back. And, well, at least the Yankees got one win of late. Not too many wins to talk about, but one win, Matt. We're back. World Series yeah. back on? Uh, I've, you know, sure. Why not? And I guess, depending on what Yankee team we're talking about, I guess some would say the Yankees are back because this recent stretch of play that they've had has been awfully resembling of the, the first half Yankees. But how are you doing, Joe? I'm, I'm pretty good. It's been a, uh, it's been a busy week. Um, it's been one of those weeks, honestly, where, you know, things are so busy that can't really say that I've had too, too much time to like really dive into Yankees games, but honestly, it's probably not been the worst week to have Lucky that. You. Um, it's <laughs> been, uh, you know, I've, 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 last night, um, luckily enough was the first time that I think I watched a game pretty much from start to finish, um, was doing a couple of things in between, but, this this past week was super was super busy for me just with work and um you know just a bunch of different things honestly going on but yeah I was kind of happy to uh, not have to uh, deal with uh, the Yankees this this week because ultimately my just my stance on what's happening right now with them is the the Yankees are inconsistent that's that's the bottom line there's no other way to put it they're an inconsistent team. They have these ups, they have these downs, and it just seems like this, this up until yesterday when they finally broke that losing streak, it really felt like this losing streak, it, it just felt like they were never going to get themselves out of it. And, and yesterday, I mean, they, they barely did. Um, credit, to, credit to Aaron Judge and the Yankees offense for really stepping it up because the pitching certainly wasn't there for the most part. No, it's, it's been tough. And, I mean, I guess the only consistency they've had is they've been just a mediocre baseball team. I mean, at this point of the season with how things have gone, are they going to make the postseason? I mean, yeah, there's, there's still a shot. I know they're tied with Toronto, but I mean, Toronto's a better baseball team. I mean, let's just call it like it is. I mean, they have a better staff. The lineup is far more consistent and far better than the Yankees lineup. Um, and if the Yankees are just going to be this team where, they're going to get into the wild card. They're going to sneak past the wild card game. And then they're going to exit in three or four games in the division series. I, and it sounds stupid for me to say this, but I guess I, I don't want that. If, if anything, I would like for this team to as, as stupid as it sounds, miss the postseason and have that be a learning point or something for, management to see that what they've had going on, not just this year or last year, but the past three to four years, what, what they're doing isn't working because this, we're not talking about a team that's got a lot of young fringe uh, players that are getting ready to break, um, break through in a year. So this is a team whose championship window is legitimately closing. And we saw that last week, the Toronto Blue Jays came in, the Yankees never held a lead for a single inning once that entire series and the blue Jays swept in four games. So for me, I, I don't see in an alternate universe where this team, even with the pitching, putting the offense aside with how inconsistent they've been. I don't know outside of Garrett Cole, who's going to help us get through an order like the blue Jays or like the Rays, uh, et cetera. So for me, I know it comes off as me being negative, but that's just, where I'm at with this team right now. I don't see it. 
I think I think one of the biggest things to to point to in terms of what has caused some of the downward spiral has actually been, I mean, pitching as a whole, but really the bullpen. Um, the the bullpen is something that for the past, I don't know. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you couldn't? You, when was the last time we looked at a Yankee bullpen and, and we said, "Wow, that's not a strength of the team." It's it's been quite a long time. Um, and I think, I think you can really go back and, and before you can say that because for, for years, Moriano Rivera that was, was in the it, so that, so that ultimately made the, the, no matter who else was there, that <laughs> Rivera in the bullpen ultimately made it a strength. Um, and then even after Mo retired, the bullpen continued to have, um, success with different, with different scenarios. But now this has been the first year because of, well, lack of production as well as injury that the Yankee bullpen is not a strength and they've blown games. They, you know, combined. And I, I would say it like this. You put the combination of uh, relief pitchers underperforming combined with the mismanagement, I would say, of Aaron Boone and the pitching staff putting guys in, I, I would say, in sometimes incorrect situations. I think it's been a recipe for disaster and it hasn't been a good approach. And, Really, the, the the two things that really stick out to me on the injury front is are Zach Britton. Um, Zach Britton wasn't healthy, you know, even when he was out there. He he obviously wasn't healthy all year. Nope. Now that we look back on it, so people were saying, you know, oh, he's on a downward spin. He, you know, he's lost velocity, this and that. I mean, it, it's it wasn't as much that as much as it was. He probably was dealing. He he never was fully healthy. Um, and then obviously now with Luizaga out, that that's a huge loss coming into yeah. the season. Jonathan Luizaga didn't have the same type of um, perception, I think, from fans that he does now. Um, but I think especially now, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And Luizaga is out, and um, people realize how important he is to the bullpen and and how much how how you can slot him into a lot of different positions because essentially what you're left with now is Chad Green. Araldis Chapman, Lucas Litke, and honestly, I, I would say Albert Abreu has cemented himself into probably a pretty important role within the, the Yankees bullpen. Um, and look at last night. Abreu's in there in the eighth inning. Eighth inning in a game the Yankees need to have, must have. Um, and granted, he did, he did a pretty good job. I would say the one thing with Albert Abreu that I would like to see him do is just use his fastball more. Um you know, a lot of teams kind of spit on his off-speed pitches. Um, he needs to he needs to pitch off his fastball. He needs to use that to his advantage. Drop in off-speed pitches here and there, but use that fastball. That thing's deadly. That's got a lot of movement on it. It's fast. It, it catches a lot of hitters late. So that that's what I would have to say about that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you look at where the Yankees are at. You know what they have to do. They've got to win. It's just a matter of can they? Yeah, and I know coming up they have the makeup game with the Twins on Monday. Uh, that that of course following uh, this Sunday night game with the Mets um, then they have three against the Orioles which I guess those aren't even guaranteed wins anymore with this team no, no wins are guaranteed at this point it's nope. just not it's just not you know you would like to think the you would like to think that after this you know you don't know how this Mets game is going to go tonight and then you would like to think that the next four games with the Twins and then three against the Orioles would be wins you can't say that right now because you just don't know what team you're going to get yep and then after the Orioles, there's they return back to the stadium for three against the Indians, who might I add, they've been no hit what three or four times now this year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, the best way to put it is win tonight, 
you own the Twins, so beat the Twins. In all likelihood, you should go and sweep Baltimore and go in and beat the Indians or take two out of three. It's simple, but with this team, well, we've come to find out it's it's never simple. It's never easy. Um, I, I've been saying it for weeks now. I believe there's only maybe a handful of guys on the roster right now that are guaranteed spots back, and I don't know what you'll think about this. For me, it's it's Gallo, it's Judge, it's Cole, Stan, Loisica, um, and then I'm throwing in, obviously, Montgomery and Jamison Tyone. Those are my seven guys that I think are 100, 100% will be back next year. The yeah, rest of the guys, I think it's all up in the air. You have to throw in LeMahieu into that too, though. <laughs> you can. I just – I mean, they just met. They just signed him to a six-year deal. They're not going to let him go after like. Yeah, year. and I get in. Realistically, they're not going to. But I feel like I understand like if, where you're coming from because I mean, honestly, maybe you could rephrase that a little bit and and say it more of the standpoint of like based on production, these are the guys who should be back. And if that's the case, then Gallo really shouldn't be put into that necessarily. But I I just think with Gallo specifically, they're just waiting for him to you know find his groove a little bit, and that might not be until. Until next year at this point. Yeah. I mean, which would obviously be unfortunate. I think it's, and I mean, look, Brett Gardner, he's been, he's been playing well since the second half started, but I was kind of shocked. Brett Gardner's always been a second half player. He always has been. Yeah. It's it's Uh, just one of those things where I think that eventually um, the Yankees are going to have to, you know, say goodbye to him. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. I will, I mean, he, he, he really has had some big hits for them of late, but the problem is, his arm is shot. He's got a pop gun out there that he's throwing with. Like he's, it's, it's not, it's not great. Um, you know, guys are tagging from first going to second. Yeah. If there's a deep fly ball, it's that's that's not necessarily a great situation. Um, but I, I will say this: props, props to Gardner because at the end of the day, you want guys who are you know have experience stepping up in in big situations, and and Gardner's provided that. Honestly, he's been. He's been probably one of the lone bright spots for the Yankees throughout this, through, up until yesterday, throughout the losing streak. Yeah, he was right in the middle of all the action last night, too. He had the two-run homer, and then, of course, he had the hit right before Judge tied the game. Um, one more thing about the current losing streak, or the losing streak that we just were mm-hmm. able to snap. Yeah. Has any of this changed your mind as to whether or not Boone will be back or not next year? Because I don't bl- I don't really put a lot of the blame on Aaron Boone during this during the last losing streak because where where did you want him to go? No, this yeah, would be my that, question. That's that's the that's the question, right? I mean, you look at what Boone has, and at the end of the day, a manager can only use what is at his disposal, and it's been a real lack of production, a lack of pitching. Um, that has really plagued the Yankees. Obviously, um, you know, in that Blue Jays series, there was also a lack of hitting. Um, I, I just think that you need to see the Yankees for what they are. Um, and we said this at the beginning of the year, and obviously winning makes everything seem okay. But the thing you need to look at is what the Yankees rotation is. A Jamison Tyone who hadn't pitched in two years and now he's hurt with that Achilles, not Achilles, the, uh, the ankle tendon ankle. thing. Yep. Um, you got Kluber who is clearly still trying done. to find it, but honestly, I don't know if it's still trying to find it or yes, or maybe he's done. 
Yeah. And you have Cole, who obviously is, you know, your 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 ace. He, he's the yeah. guy that you can count on, hopefully. Then you have Montgomery. And then I don't know what's happened to Domingo Herman. Um that I believe he's he's um doing a rehab assignment Tuesday. Yeah. But again, time's running out for him. Yeah, so. time's running out for him. And then Severino, same thing. Um, you just want to see you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're going to have from a day-to-day basis. And I, the really, I mean, from a pitching standpoint, the Yankees haven't known what they were going to have all season. All year. There were too many, yeah. there were too many inconsistencies. And that was, I, I said this on a past episode, you can't have maybes in a pitching rotation on a team that has world series aspirations. And the Yankees had so many maybes yeah. too, too many. And that's yep. the main and, – and that, at the end of the day, that has been the thing that I think has plagued them most, whether it be because of injury or just lack of, lack of uh, production. That's been one of the Yankees' worst, worst scenarios because even when the Yankees had a bunch of guys out on offense, there were guys that were penciled in that were doing the job. You want to talk about Greg Allen. You want to talk about Andrew Velasquez. You want to talk about Tyler Wade. Those guys stepped up. Those guys stepped up in a lot of situations, um, and, and, and that's what was impressive. But on, uh, fr- from the pitching standpoint, you can't necessarily say that as much. Um, so it, it, it's one of those things where you see how the Yankees can look lifeless at times, and it's really, it's really because uh, I would say more so because of pitching than hitting. Now, obviously, at times they're not hitting, but – pitching i think is the thing that really bothers me the most yeah it's it's uh, it's been just a one big roller coaster of a season so of course they followed up a seven game losing streak hopefully they can follow that up with another long winning streak i mean at this point (laughs) you just don't yeah no you're gonna have to and i mean it's probably the last off part of the schedule that you're getting before you start up with Boston and Toronto and of course, Tampa again. Yeah. So, I mean, these are games that, I mean, if you're supposed to win them, you have to win them. Did Let you me... see last night? Yeah, go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Did you see last night? So I was watching the game, but I was also tracking um, the blue Jays and Orioles game because they played two games yesterday. Ball, or um, Toronto went from being three outs away from being no hit by the Orioles, they were losing one nothing, and they put up an eleven spot in the last inning. Oh, geez, yeah, I'm <laughs> looking at that now. In the first uh, game, they were losing like ten five, and they came back and won eleven ten or something. Orioles tried to mount a rally two in the bottom of the seventh, but they only put up one run. <sighs> yeah, came up nine, um, came up nine runs short. Yeah. I, I thought that was funny. Uh, what, what were you going to say? Before? I was just going to say, like, so looking at the looking at the wild card standings right now, you have Boston, the Yankees, Toronto, Oakland, and Seattle. Uh, Boston has a game lead, uh, at least in the the, the, the the Yankees and Red Sox are tied in the loss column, but the Red Sox right. have won two more games. But you have the Red Sox and you have the Yankees and Blue Jays tied. And then you have the A's and the Mariners two games behind. So really what it's come down to for the wild card is a five is a five team race. If you look at the way the schedule is going to play out, the Yankees, Boston and Toronto are going to somehow knock each other out. Yep. But you can't count out an Oakland or a Seattle either, because if 
the combination of the Yankees, Boston, and Toronto really are beating up on each other, Oakland and Seattle are going to be there to maybe get into the mix as well. Let's say, though, that the Yankees make the wild card. I look at a team like Seattle as the team that you want to play. I look at a team as Oakland as a team that you want to play. Toronto and Boston, not so I'm much. Good. Nope. But in terms of the team in terms of the teams that we're talking about here, who would you say is the best matchup and who would you say is the worst matchup for the Yankees right now? I think matchup wise, they match up best with Oakland. Um, that well, they're having a hard time getting length from their starting rotation as of late. And I think should Garrett Cole be lined up to make that start, I like our chances against that lineup. Um, I'm not, I don't want to get into it with Toronto and Boston. I don't want to be facing Chris Sale or Robbie Ray or Jose Barrios or just that Blue Jays lineup in general, um, you know, with one game to decide the season. So I'm, you know, going by the run differential, I'm not a huge believer in Seattle. Um, but again, they're there. So you have to kind of put stock into it. Um, so I'm definitely going to go and three and in their say, last 10. Yeah. I mean, they're there and the sample size is obviously large enough. So, but I'm going to go with Oakland. I, my preferred matchup would be, you know, the 2018 wildcard Yankees in Oakland, but yeah, I mean, yeah. man, those, those games against Toronto and Boston coming up are going to be huge. And here's the thing you were just talking about how tight it's going to be and how it's going to come right down to the last wire. Is even is it even a guarantee that we get Cole in the wild card game? Should we make it? Um, I still think that that is a possibility. Um, that I mean, it's definitely not a guarantee. No, to answer your question, no, it's not. A, it's not a guarantee. Um, but I do think, honestly, the cushiony schedule that the Yankees have. If you even if you want to throw in this this next game against the Mets, um, this this five game stretch could really dictate exactly how the Yankees are going to uh, deploy their their pitching rotation the rest of the way. Now they're kind of limited in terms of like really like flex flexibility in terms of the rotation because they have guys who are just coming back from injury and and guys who you're trying to be careful with. Um, that is a dilemma for the Yankees that I think is going to be underrated and maybe not thought about as much down the stretch, because if you're in a position where you like need to win a game, you know, hopefully they have Cole at their disposal, even if he's on short rest, but then exactly what happens when you put yourself into a position, come, come wildcard time. Cause I mean, let's face it, we're not winning the division. So it's going to nope. have to be the wild card. If you don't have Cole, who, who do you go with? I, I, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't even know. I'm saying, and it'll sound stupid, but I'm going to throw it out there. Nestor Cortez. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, look, he's he's pitched well this year. And in the star, you're kind of you're kind of like, ah, I don't know. That Blue Jays lineup is no joke. And for a guy who's like finesse and very messing with the opposing um, players timing and stuff, he pitched really well against them. And I almost and I think. I'm starting to like believe it more and I'm starting to trust it more. I mean, Monty, you just, he's been consistent this year, but not consistent enough to where I want to hand him the ball. I don't um, want to give Monty the ball in a wild card game. No, me either. 
And at least with Nestor Cortez, if you ask him to give you, I don't know, two, three innings just to kind of set the tone, you could follow with a Luis Hill or maybe a Domingo Herman, whatever way you want to go. I think if Cole can't pitch the wild card game, you're not giving it to Kluber. You're not giving it to Tyone. You're not going to give the ball to Monty. I think you're going to they're they would ultimately deploy some form of like an opener, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that may be the only option. You're going to have to give these lineups just a different look. I think I think the one thing that I will say about Kluber, the Yankees brought him on for a reason. Yeah, and if he shows yeah. any signs of positivity in these in this last stretch. Kluber would get the. I, I think Kluber would get the ball in a wild card game. I think his next start's big. I think whoever it's against, I think it's big. I think if he goes out, it's going to be against the Orioles. So I mean, I well, I mean, hey, the last the last time he pitched against Baltimore, it was. <laughs> I think he only he didn't even make it out of the fourth. So yeah, I think that'll be big for him because we saw earlier in the year it did take him. I mean, it took him until late May, early June to really get built back up. Right. So right. That'll no, be. You're 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 right. You're you're right. I just think it's one of those things where I I I don't know. I I just think the Yankees are going to be too nervous to go with like maybe like a Nestor Cortez. I would love to see it. Yeah. But I just don't know yeah. if it's if it's going to happen. That and I feel like if it didn't work out, the backlash they probably oh received would be yes. <laughs> and, that would be so un- and that would be so unfair to Nestor too. Absolutely, absolutely. So un- so unfair to him, but. So- on a, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I was going to transition. Did you have something else that you know I was, still say about the? I Yankees? was also going to transition. Okay, so we are in. We are approaching. We, you know, we're actually recording this with with football season getting underway here, and Matt and I are going to have a little competition throughout the football season, where we are going to do our own football picks. We're going to pick three games each week. We're going to have a three point pick, a two point pick, and a one point pick. This week, because we haven't had the chance to um, look at the spreads, we're just going to go straight up. But, Matt, do you want to give your picks first, or do you want me to give my picks first? Uh, You go ahead and give your picks first. Okay. So, I, the one game that sticks out to me right away where I'm like, give me this pick, this is uh, not – (laughs) <laughs> this is this should I would think be a pretty be a pretty easy win. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs for my three point pick against the Browns. I don't think that the Chiefs are gonna lose Week One opening opening day Week One against Cleveland. I just can't see it happening at home. My two point pick, two point pick. This is this is like the crucial pick that you never you, you're never quite sure what exactly is going to happen. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams beating the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football. Okay, that is my two-point pick. And my one-point pick, because my heart is with them, is with the G-Men, always. (laughs) Beating the Broncos at home. Even though I am seeing somehow right now that the Denver Broncos three-point favorite against the Giants at home. At home. That is what's going on with that. I mean, if we were going with the spread, I would have made that probably my three point pick. Yeah, that's how good I feel about it. I I feel I, you know, Barkley's Barkley's going today. I saw that. I did see that. I think we're good with that. 
So just to recap, Chiefs, three-point pick. Rams, two-point pick. Giants, one-point pick. Okay. So just to be clear, are we – I can't do my picks on games that are already in progress, you correct? Can if, you can if it's 0-0. Zero, zero. You okay. can if it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Well, that's fine. So for my three-point pick, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers over Ooh. the New Orleans Saints. That – I stayed away from that game. So Aaron Rodgers is back. He's it's a last dance for him in Green Bay, New Orleans. Don't know what their quarterback situation is. I don't think that game's being played down in the Metrodome. So the uh, the home crowd isn't really going to be in effect. So I'm taking the Packers. My two point pick, just like you, I'm going with the Rams. I mean, that's a very complete team now that. You throw Matthew Stafford into the mix and good for Matthew Stafford. He's finally with a, an organization that is competent. So love to see that. And my one point pick, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins over the Patriots. Oh, I hope in you get Foxborough. That. I always hope you get that point because it's very hard. To, to I hope it's, it's, it's very hard to root for the Patriots. Look, the Patriots for me are easier to root for now that Brady's gone. I think Mac Jones will be good. I mean, I just – I like the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are probably going to – I think they're a better football team. Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So, what I was going to say, too, I think the Patriots are a little bit easier to root for now that Tom Brady's gone. And I actually think Tom Brady's a little bit easier to root for now that he's in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Weird. I would agree. It's weird. And being a Giants fan, um, I was rooting for Tom Brady on Thursday against the Cowboys. Why wouldn't yeah. I? Right. Why wouldn't I? I want them to beat the Cowboys. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the thing. As much as you might not like somebody, if they're playing a team within your division, you're going to root for them. I always will. No, I agree. Yeah. Gotta I keep, Got to keep the Giants in mind first. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you, you think they win that division? Do you think the Giants win the division? Yeah. No. No? No. I, it's it's magic. No, I think the Cowboys win it. Still. Cowboys? Yeah, Dak did look pretty good. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys win it, and the Giants and uh, and the Giants and the uh, I almost slipped, but I won't. The Giants and the Washington Football Team will <laughs> battle for second place. Um, who the, knows? If, who know, I mean, if they have a good enough season, they could battle for a wild card. I I just think I don't know. I just think the Cowboys, if they could straighten out their defensive issues that they've had in past years, they're they're going to be a team that's going to be pretty tough to beat. Um, yeah. and they look pretty good against Tampa Bay. It's hard though too because in Week One. There's yeah. a lot of different there, there's a lot of different you know things that can change even from what week one to week four, um, mm-hmm. but I will say this, I would hope for the Giants' sake that you know, win today because the Giants have one of the hardest schedules I do believe in all of the NFL. I mean I know they have road games against Tampa and Kansas City, those and I think against Pittsburgh too. I mean that's that's tough. I mean playing those teams regardless is tough, but playing those teams on the road, that's that's pretty brutal, to be completely honest. What are we and, taking? And the, and the Giants have a quick turnaround too. They play Washington. They play Thursday, Thursday night, right? Night fo- yeah, Thursday night football. So boom. in Washington. In uh, yeah, in Washington. Oof. Yeah, so that'll be tough. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That makes this that makes this game against the Broncos that much more important. What are you giving the over under on for the Jets for wins this year? I'm trying to think of what I'd set hmm. it at. We'll go four. Four. Yeah. yeah. I think they'll be. I think for the Jets, they'll look. They'll be more competitive. Like I think they will not get embarrassed this year. Sure, they'll have. There will be some games where they get embarrassed, but I don't think it'll be 
like it was under Adam Gase. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it will be terrible. Um, I think. I think personally, uh, from from my just from my opinion, I think that Zach Wilson's that quarterback for them now. I think there's going to be a level of patience. I just think the the unfortunate thing for Zach Wilson is the Jets have been so uh, bad for so long that if he doesn't show signs of you know at least positivity right off the bat, there the the Jets are going to get crucified. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where there's just that, and you can't blame the fans either. There's just no patience level. By the way, no. I'm watching Matt Ryan right now on the Falcons, just like literally running forward for almost a first down. Like that guy is just ageless. It's, he's hilarious. He's, he Matt Ryan reminds me a lot of like what Eli Manning was later on in his career. Matt in terms of just kind of pocket quarterback, you know, just doing his thing. I am rooting for the Falcons today, though. Got to be the, the the dirty birds against the other dirty birds, in my opinion. Oh, he didn't get Falcons the down though. You're getting like play by you're getting play by play from me. Play right by now. play on the pod. Right, right. There on we the go. Pod. He did not get the first down. Fourth and inches. Fourth and inches. By the way, I didn't realize that the Falcons stadium, the new stadium, has a retractable roof because the sun's peeking through. Unless they have like a glass roof. Did you also know there's a Chick Fil A in there too? There's a Chick Fil A in the stadium. Yeah, and they play they they play on Sundays, so obviously it's not open. So I had but, but I had before an, anybody, I have I have an interesting thing to say about Chick Fil A. You ready for this? Let's hear it. This let's might really it. get some people going. Is this a hot take? Yeah, hot it's take? a hot take. It's a hot take. Oh boy, Chick Fil A is very overrated. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. You know what? You may not be wrong. Honestly, I don't it's, think. I think it's overrated. I just think yeah, it is. Like look, people rant and rave about it. I just don't. I just don't see it as. I just. I just don't see it as like this like glorious, glorious chicken product. Quick story it's about Chick Fil A. It's good. It's but it's just not. It's good, not great. I I agree. That's funny. I was just watching a show and they were, someone said that. So that's probably a convenience there. <laughs> no, I uh I was at Chick Fil A and they asked you your name for the order. So I got to the window after I gave him my name and they were like, oh, so we have an order here for uh, for Carlos. And I was like, yeah, no, you're going to have to try that again. Just uh, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, that was not even, that's not even close. No, not even close at all. So you don't even trans- have... <laughs> that's that. Wow. That's that's impre- yeah. that's impressively bad. Yeah. Should and I before anybody Carlos? should I call you Carlos from now on? Um. No. <laughs> what about Carlos when you like become like really mad about the Yankees? That can be like your alter ego. Yeah, that's that works. I like okay. that. So when I you like get that. super upset, you be you, like Carlos comes out of you. Yeah. And, and before anybody Carlos. jumps me about the Chick-fil-A being in the Falcons stadium, I am aware that the college team does play in that arena on Saturday. So it does serve some sort of a purpose. I'm I'm aware oh, of that. I'm sure. I'm sure. So. That, 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 it's funny to have uh, such a such a big restaurant. Like, can you imagine like what the other vendors are like? It's like, how can we compete against Chick Fil A? The line is just a mile in miles long, and there's like all the other vendors just chilling there. You know something else I I have to say about like food at stadiums and stuff like this. Let's so hear it. when I go to a game of any of any type, I get my food beforehand. And I then I do not get up the rest of the time. I enjoy, oh, no. I, yeah. I enjoy the sporting event that I'm watching. I'm not getting up during a baseball game in like the fifth inning to go get some snack or something. I'm I'm locked in watching the game. Yeah. I get my food beforehand. If my ice cream or something melts a little bit, too bad. That's fine. <laughs> but like I'm not I'm not getting up. I'm not missing the action. 
So I, I always say that, like, last time I was at Yankee Stadium, I got a big pretzel, I got chicken and fries, and I got a big Mountain Dew, and that was it. I didn't get up for the rest of the time. And I have to say this, by the way, speaking of Mountain Dew and soda and stuff, I have not had soda since March. Oof. And I, I, feel as about, I feel about as good as I ever have been. You've been on that vitamin water kick? Vitamin water kick all day. Just one a day, though. Just one a day because I don't want to get I don't want to develop kidney stones. Fun fact. No, nobody needs kidney stones. No. It's, it's, it, it's because I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, I'm sure people drink more than one vitamin water a day. I don't know. I just read something that said like it, the, with all the vitamins and stuff that will kind of like just build up in your, you know, your system and develop like those those little blockages and stuff. And I, I don't need blockages. Nobody needs blockages. <laughs> Anyway, the New York Jets, four anyway. wins this year. <laughs> Transitioning. Derek yeah. Jeter was putting the, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I know. And that was what I, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. And that can be a nice way to kind of wrap up our conversation today. Like the thing that I love the most, well, two things actually that I love the most about watching Derek Jeter get inducted into the Hall of Fame was, first of all, he took that shot at that one reporter <laughs> when he said thank you to everybody except one of you. Thought that was hilarious. That's right. Second of all, though, as a as a lifelong Yankee fan and as <laughs> a guy as as a kid watching Derek Jeter, and now as a as a as a grown adult watching Derek Jeter get into, inducted into the Hall of Fame, it brought back those feelings that you had as a kid. And it brought back those feelings of just all that mattered when you watched Derek Jeter, like it, during our age frame, that's all we did. We just watched baseball. Nothing else mattered. Like now you look at like where we are in our lives and this applies to obviously to a lot of people, you know, there's so much more going on. We have jobs, we have, um, you know, families, we have, we have just a ton of different other factors in life that when we were watching Derek Jeter play, we didn't. And we could really enjoy baseball. We could really just be fans. And we can still be fans, obviously, but it just put it just reminds you of like where you were at in life when you were watching somebody like him play. And it just it's so fun. And that's that's the thing that I kind of like was struck by the most. It's like, man, I miss like watching this guy play. And also man, I miss like being a little bit younger and not having so many responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, I was at least fortunate enough to catch like the tail end of his career. I mean, you probably saw most of it unfold. Uh, I mean, what there's not much you can say about the guy. He was like his work ethic was incredible. I mean, if you're saying if you are looking for a player and you're trying to say we want a guy who's going to be a Yankee, I guess. I mean, that guy would look like Derek Jeter, someone who was addicted to winning, um, didn't care about personal statistics. Um, and I thought it, it was like, it described him perfectly. You, I don't know if you saw the interview that he did with Harold Reynolds. I'm not sure when it was recorded, but he asked him what his best years were. And he said, 96, uh, 98, 99, 2000, 2009. And Harold Reynolds was like, Oh, come on, man. And Derek was like, well, you say, come on, but you play to win. Like personal statistics are great, yeah. but you play the game to win. And, like that's all he cared about. And then you go back to 
some of his most memorable plays. There's obviously the jump throw. There's the play where against Boston, where he went diving into the stands and I mean, he comes out of the stands and he's all cut up. Like the, the guy did whatever it took to win. And he played every day. And that was something else that I kind of took away. And that's something, do you think other major leaguers maybe took notice of that? Like, do you think that was a shot at other major leaguers when he was like, look, my responsibility was to go out and play. And then he apologized to the the Yankee trainer at the time because he's like, I wasn't always healthy, but it was my job to go out and play. Do you think that's kind of like a shot at some of these guys that go in and they're like, man, I, I need a day? No, I don't think that was a shot as much as him just describing what his personality was. And I think what that does is it said it makes it makes people realize like how special a, a person with Derek Jeter's personality was and the like the mindset they had. I it's in today's in today's day and age of baseball, the guys aren't it, it's not put into their system, their 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 DNA to like, you know, really fight through things necessarily. They, they're more of the, the precaution. And granted, I mean, guys are playing through injuries, but not necessarily from what we understood after the fact, not necessarily the, the severity of injuries that, that somebody like Jeter was playing through. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think it was a shot, no. Yeah, and just, I mean, an, an ending to what was an unbelievable career. I mean, you, the guy was listening, the guy who was uh, – broadcasting the the induction i mean was listing off his resume and it's funny there's it's a pretty good still, one yeah there's still the one guy that didn't vote for him it is and it's, it's pretty it's it's pretty it's pretty bad that somebody yeah. didn't like wouldn't have actually voted for him but i will i will say this the one thing that and he said stuff like this before in the past but the one thing that really stuck out to me more than anything else was i think it was during the harold reynolds interview um he asked and if it wasn't during that interview it was during another one what he somebody asked Derek Jeter what his biggest fear was and mm. Jeter's response was a being lack prepared. of being prepared yep and that just sticks out to me so much because I, I I always think that in terms of a lot of different things and honestly there is no type of anxiety that a person can feel when they're unprepared there nothing nothing matches that like it that is an extreme anxiety that i feel like is very hard to like match if you're unprepared and you know you're unprepared but you're still trying to accomplish a task you do not feel good about things no and that's why even if you think you're not going to be um uh, you're not going to have success at doing something whether it be as an athlete whether it just be at a person at a job anything like that whether you're whether you're a student taking a test if you are prepared, you have no reason to be nervous. You might right. not be able to execute. You might not be able to get a good grade. But if you're prepared and if you feel prepared, you're going to have that confidence, which will give you a better chance at success. And I really think that's the thing that stuck out to me the most because it's so true and you can apply it to so many different circumstances in life. It doesn't just apply to Derek Cheater being the Yankee shortstop. It doesn't it applies to everybody in life. And that's what really stuck out to me more than anything else. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't think I've ever heard him speak as long, like that long before in my life. That no, was... it's, it's kind of fun too, because, you know, when he, 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 he's been more open now, obviously, than he's ever yep. been before. 
And I think that's I so cool as well. I knew he had one kid. I didn't know he had two kids. Yeah, he's got two. <laughs> Where have I been? Yeah, he's he's, he's gonna he's, he's he's slowly but surely building his own baseball team. <laughs> yeah, or in this case, I guess softball team. He's gonna open his own university, and that team's gonna, gonna go off. It's gonna be like LeBron. Yeah, open his own his every. Own, yeah, make his own schools. Yeah, <laughs> it is so pretty. Man. It is pretty cool though, and like I mean, just to wrap things up as far as Jeter is concerned, it was just one of those things where like. When I was growing up, he was the guy. He was the guy you watched. He was the guy that everybody looked at, everybody watched. You stopped what you're doing a little bit more when you, he was up to bat, when he was making a play in the field, and you felt confident whenever he was going to do something because you knew, you're getting back to the whole preparation thing, you knew he was prepared. There was yeah. never a scenario where he wasn't prepared, and he might not have always had success, but you always knew that he was putting his best foot forward, even when he might not have been 100%. And that's what really mm-hmm. sticks out. And that's what makes Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter. Yeah. And the, the leadership, the intangibles, it was – it'll be interesting. I don't know if we see anyone quite like that in, uh, anytime soon. I mean, just leadership-wise, like I said. But, Joe, is there anything else that you have to add? No, I think all you need to do is just tell people where you can find this podcast. All right. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcast. You can also refer back to episode 16. Um, the GO I episode. Believe, uh, yeah, I listed them all. I listed them all there. Um, Joe, good luck on your picks this afternoon. Yeah, you too. I don't, I don't know. Maybe should we be wishing each other good luck? This is competition. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we can be cordial about it because it's not yeah. too serious. Should we yeah, like set up comp. next episode? Should we set up like stakes? Like so there's a little bit Oof. more like flavor to all this because i feel like if we're just making picks to make picks to have bragging rights that's kind of lame yeah i agree <laughs> we'll we'll think of something for we'll think of something for the next episode then nothing embarrassing though like not like uh, i don't know we'll just do something fun i don't know yeah can't humiliate one another that's we'll, just like put, we'll put someone in a chicken suit and run around <laughs> i said not humiliate someone <laughs> oh, that, that, that something like that might be good but yeah we'll think of, we'll think about that maybe not a chicken suit but we'll see what we'll see what we can do but for now sign us off all right it's been fun talking with you joe but for now we're exiting the yankee chambers